This is The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Ross. Getting you guys ready with a two-hour preview of the Seahawks' upcoming game. This one, a Week 15 matchup against the L.A. Rams on the road. It's the second of two games on the road before you come back home to Seattle for games against Chicago and the Lions. But let me not get too far ahead of myself. We're just taking it one game at a time. So before we even get to the Rams, you guys, I want to take a look back to Houston in that win uh, over the Texans. Uh, now, uh, Dave, I'll start with you on this one. It was a phenomenal, a phenomenal day for Rashad Penny. And we're going to have Rashad Penny on the huddle later today to talk to him about that. But uh, how can they repeat some of this offensive success heading into a game against a better opponent, frankly? Well, you know, once you do something like that, you kind of it's like getting a recipe and put it in your back pocket. Um, I get and we've been talking all week on our show about how Houston was not great on defense, especially against the run. But once you can do something like that and you kind of prove it to yourself, look, I, I think the running game is is good enough. But if you get a running back who's special and can kind of make his own way through, you know, part of it, I mean, some guys need just a huge hole blown open in the defensive line in order to run through it. I don't think I think Penny could be one of those guys and this will be kind of an ongoing theme and I know we're going to talk about it on our show today but the only person that needs to believe in Rashad Penny is Rashad Penny and and that that to me he proved something to himself so I'm hoping that he cracked some sort of a barrier that you know going forward he can be that guy that you know and, and there's all kinds of benefits that come along with being able to have a good run game and that's slowing down the pass rush and that's going to be very important this week against the Rams. You know, Dave, one of the things that I've been pointing to with that aspect of Rashad Penny of, yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe this is an opportunity where he is starting to, you know, feel healthy, feel more like himself and build some genuine confidence. And that's going to play into it and be a big factor in this in this next game against the Rams. The one thing that I'm really curious about is how is Rashad Penny going to do with generating yards after contact, getting those really, truly tough yards that are probably going to be asked of him to do against the Rams. What's your confidence level that he'll be able to, you know, play that style of game? I, you know, it's just 50-50, Jake, with me because, you know, he, he's one of those guys. I, I love Rashad Penny just because I think he's a thoughtful guy. I think he's very interesting. I think he's introspective. I think he will tell you what he's thinking. But sometimes you can think too much. You know, and so if he is able to to get that done again, I, I think he's one of the more explosive. You can't say that he's not gifted. Right. As far as, you know, like he is a solid yeah, no doubt. dude. I mean, I think he's listed at 225, 230. He looks 240 to me. I mean, he's just solid as can be. He can run you over. He can do everything. He can catch it. He can run it. He can you know run around you. He can run over you. So. I feel like it's really up to him. And like I said, I think it's a 50-50 venture here. You know, maybe uh, he just, like I said, cracked some kind of a barrier and all of a sudden, because I don't know if you remember that as, as an athlete, you know, Stacy. I think, where, where would you dislocate your elbow playing volleyball or um, something like that? You know, or? it was uh, it was the floor is lava, Dave. Uh, floor is <laughs> lava. What? Now, I was a swimmer, but um, I dislocated yeah. my elbow playing the floor is lava. Yeah. It was. I was very young, very very young, a child, yes. if you will. I think um, 19, 19 or twenty. <laughs> well, I mean, look for any athlete, any person that has ever you know ventured to do something like that. You know, right. like uh, you want to get better. You, there's there's these moments 
that you have as an athlete at no matter at what level and you know all when when you crack you know like i said you crack that barrier all of a sudden it's like hey i know how to do this man yeah. this is this is it and i'm just hoping that that's this last weekend was that moment with with rashad penny because he the the other thing that he was doing guys was he was stopping his feet he was stopping his feet on contact and mm. you saw the exact opposite of that last weekend against houston so um, I'm really he's going to be by far the most interesting player to watch in this game. Guys, let's talk uh, defense and we can get back to offense, Jake, if you want to uh, wrap up with that. We still got some time here, but uh, let's talk about what the uh, Seattle defense has been able to do, not just against the Texans, where they obviously limited them, but uh, against the past several opponents. I mean, this is it's great news that the offense has scored over 30 points uh, against the 49ers and then against the Texans. We'll see what they can do against the Rams. The defense has been able to turn the season around. Now, Quandre Diggs was asked, hey, where do you guys want to improve? And, and he said, look, we're letting away some leaky yards you know bubble screens things like that we could always be better with but but we've eliminated some of those explosive plays well they're going to face maybe their biggest challenge and and Dave I'll start with you again here uh, against the Rams so how can they make sure to kind of keep this up uh, you know it's it's going to just be a continued process of you know and I like that Quandre Diggs by the way mentioned the yardage yeah. we're going to get into that on our show the yards matter man I'm sorry. You can say, oh, points, this and that. That's and and yeah, ultimately, but the leaky yardage is that that indicates a problem. Yeah. It indicates you're not playing together. It indicates that you are are not getting your offense the ball. You know, that's the other thing. So if they can continue to, you know, shut that part down now it's going to be a tall task this weekend because you know it's one thing with uh, davis mills a rookie quarterback you know he went to stanford i don't know what that's supposed to mean but <laughs> um but you know now all of a sudden you got matthew stafford and cooper cup i mean those two guys right there uh, i mean look i, I uh, if there was two guys that, you know, I know there's a long list of guys that aren't going to be able to play, but man, they would be number one and two on the list uh, as far as, you know, and I know we'll get into it with you, Jake, but I know Mark Schlereth has said that Cooper Cup is like a quarterback playing receiver. He understands that position really well. So whenever I think about, you know, giving up yards, those two come to mind. <laughs> yeah, and, and I fully anticipate that as well when it comes to these two. And, and Mark Schlereth would be dead on in the way that Cooper Cup runs his routes, the way that he sees it, the way that he has the feel. And honestly, that's what Tyler Lockett is, has been so exceptionally good at as well as having that feel. But I think that Sean McVay has done an unbelievable job in continuing to move Cooper Cup, make him a factor, whether it's on the outside in the slot, at lining up at running back, they've just done a they've they've put him in a variety of different positions to continue to keep being targeted, continue to keep being open, and give him opportunities to create mismatch opportunities and underneath coverage and uh, deep down the field. So he he is masterful. Then Dave, you mentioned the leaky yardage and how that affects you. Well, I imagine when you talk about that aspect of watching them in the uh, this last game in the first half. I mean, a, a drive, a sixteen play drive that chews up nearly nine minutes of clock, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. You, do, you never want to see that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was going through the last time uh, that we, we played the Rams, and there was two long drives in the first half. Uh, I think it was like 64 and 63 
Well, the 64-yarder ended in an interception with Quandre Diggs in the end zone. And so, you know, that was a painful drive to watch because there was all kinds of problems that were that were cropping up there. But in the end, you got an interception. The second drive was for a field goal. So the, the Seahawks went in at halftime 7-3 to three, uh, up on the Rams. And you're thinking, great. But then guess what comes in the second half? A 96-yard drive, an 85-yard drive. There was four drives or three drives over 60 yards that all resulted in touchdowns. And then they had the game-sealing field goal after, um, you know, after Geno threw the, the interception when, when Tyler Lockett fell down. But, I mean, it just, it just wore them down. It was finally, and that's you know, what I'm talking about, giving up that, the yards. And the play that stands out still from that first game that just drives me crazy. Jake, you and I talked about it. Second and 17, oh. linebackers jump the five-yard route. Yes. It's just you just can't do that. And so that's giving up yards, you know, and it's like, okay, well, let's say you hold them to a field goal or whatever. No, I mean, that should have never happened in the first place. So I'm, I'm going to look to see, you know, what Quandre is talking about. And you know, hopefully they'll start to – because it indicates that you're playing together as a team. When, when you know, and it also, like I said, it gets you off the field. It gets your offense the ball back. That's what you need to do on defense. That's what that's what it's about. All right, uh, I want to bookmark this conversation and and get back to it. Uh, first, though, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So Rashad Penny and Penny Hart back to back player interviews that starts at twelve thirty. Very excited to talk about Penny, you guys. Perfect timing coming off a really exciting game for him. We're gonna have tons of Seahawks experts uh, and a Rams expert in our too, so you're not going to want to go anywhere. First, though, let's catch up with the latest from the Seahawks with Seahawks reporter John Boyle. He joins us next on The Huddle. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Keeps, and Stacey Ross. We're joined now by Seahawks reporter John Boyle. John, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I'm, I'm going to start with the news that broke earlier this afternoon. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett and running back Alex Collins placed on the reserve COVID list. Now, in terms of just protocol, John, and, and, and how it's going to work for potential availability on Sunday, tell us what we need to know. Yeah, you know, assuming those guys are vaccinated, then, I mean, the, almost the entire roster is, so we'll operate off that assumption. Then they do have a chance to get back, but they would need to be asymptomatic and unless, you know, there's been talk about the league maybe changing some protocols because so many guys are, are currently on the COVID list. But under the existing rules, they would have to test negative consecutive days, 24 hours apart, and it can't be on game day. So really you're looking at it would have to be tomorrow and Saturday. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, obviously not an ideal situation for the Seahawks late in the week. Hey, John, they have done such a great job, the Seahawks have, with uh... – yeah. Um, I'm forgetting his last name for some reason. Sam, um, Sam Ramsden. Sam Ramsden, who has done a really good job. Uh, Pete Carroll. I mean, that they they take a lot of pride in that. It sure pays off, you know, when you when you look at uh, what's going on around the rest of the league, right? I, is there any teams that are even? I, I know it's not a competition. Well, it kind of is. I think everything's a competition with Pete. But I mean, it, as far as other teams around the league, is anybody even close to what the Seahawks ha- have done? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know they. You know, last year they were the only team that they didn't have any positive tests during the season with their entire roster. This year, you know, up until today, it was only Gerald Everett. Now we'll, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, this is it. If it's just the two guys, that's not ideal. But considering what's going on around the league, 
that's better than a lot of teams have right now, including this week's opponent. Obviously, I think that's 16 players on the list as of yesterday. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've taken this very seriously. They've, you know, Pete Carroll talked about it yesterday. They're, they've been testing twice a week all along when the legal and mandates testing once a week. And, uh, you know, they're, they've had pretty strict protocols in place throughout this year, even, you know, with everybody vaccinated. So, um, you know, unfortunately, a few cases still sneak through as we saw today, but they, they have done a really good job. John, if Tyler is not able to play in this game, is it solely your all eyes turn to DK Metcalf to come up with the missing production, or are you going to be looking at others to step up? I mean, I think you got it. You can't make it all just DK because then, you know, that, that makes it a little too easy on the Rams defense if they just know they got to focus on one guy. I think part of what makes the Seahawks passing game so good is that that element of two really good receivers you got to count for. So, you know, he becomes the guy and not it's not a one and one a situation like you usually have, but I think you're gonna to need to spread it around a little bit and whether it's a DS grid or Freddie Swain or getting involved your tight ends more, you're you're gonna need other guys to step up for sure because Tyler Lockett's been your you know, your top receiver for a while now in terms of production. You're listening to The Huddle. We are talking with Seahawks.com reporter John Boyle. John, speaking of those wide receivers, I understand the context of, of D. Eskridge missing a significant amount of time here. So I do know that. Got to add that disclaimer. But why do you think we haven't seen more of him lately? I mean, I think you just gave the disclaimer as to why. I think it just took a while to feel like they got him up to speed. That that particular position, I think, is harder on rookies than just about any other, maybe other than quarterback, to to come right in the league and, and thrive right away. So that's probably been the biggest thing. And then, you know, so many different issues we've talked about this offense has been, you know, the third down and not enough total plays to get in everything they want. And it's, it's hard to get everybody involved in the offense the way you want to when a lot of these games, their time of possession is so low and they're running, you know, 40 some offensive plays and the opponents getting 70 something. So they've been a lot better the last couple of weeks. And I think, you know, if we're assuming for a second the tie lock, it doesn't make it back. I would think that does mean more for the Eskridge's week. But, yeah, I mean, with that injury in particular, he just hasn't been able to have quite the impact they would have hoped coming into the year. Hey, John, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, uh, but... Um, Probably I'm just, not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, you know everything, Boyle. Come on. Uh, okay, <laughs> who's playing Cooper Cup in practice you know and and also like aaron donald i mean i'm sure do they very carefully select the the guys that are going to be because i would think if you bestow that on you know one of the the backup guys or, or scout team guys and you know that they might take a lot of pride in that you know i i don't have the answer for you your your initial thing if you may not know this was accurate i don't know who it is <laughs> but i mean both of those guys whoever it is hopefully they're giving the Seahawks a good look because those Two guys have been two of the most dominant players in the NFL this season at their respective positions. It's what Cup's doing this year is just insane when you look it at the is. numbers. And, you know, it's a that you've had to bring it on even more since Wood's been out with his injury. But, yeah, it's, it's he's going to be a handful. Well, I shouldn't say he, they both are going to be big handfuls for the Seahawks and probably the two guys you talk about having to stop the most. You know, John, going on that aspect of it, it, it is, you know, unique that you see the defense improving and improving and doing fairly well in, in some major defensive categories, points given up uh, in terms of uh, red zone defense, in terms of third down defense. Do you view this game as you know the, the, the legitimate test of whether or not this defense has really, really improved? Or uh, how do you view this matchup for them defensively? 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. You go back and look at kind of the turning point started after that first Rams game. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week about the explosive plays, and the Seahawks gave up 13 explosives in that game, which was a season high for them, and they are number one in the NFL in that stat sense. So uh, they played some some good teams. You know, Green Bay is obviously talented, and you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, all that out there, and the 49ers can do some really good things on offense. So it's not like they haven't played good defense against good teams, but yeah, in terms of both just overall quality of opponent and also, you know, you look at the history, they've had trouble with this Rams offense in the past. So it's uh it's a really good test for sure. And I think we'll we'll get a good sense for just how good this defense is, depending on what they can do this week. Hey, it sounds out of left field, but I'm I'm looking at some of the uh the conversation around Pro Bowl votes. I mean, what's been your uh kind of takeaway about special teams play this year, John? I mean, they've been really good, and I think, you know, it, there's a question that's come up a few times this week about the that oddity of they rank 32nd in total defense in terms of yardage and fifth in scoring defense, and special teams is a big part of that. You look at, you know, they're two of the best things they've done this year is Michael Dixon's punting and their kickoff coverage, and those two things, when you do those well, you give teams long fields, so yeah, a team might get a bunch of yards on a drive, but they still might not get in the field goal range, or, you know, you you make them work that much harder to, to move the ball down the field. And it's, it's been really, really good. You know, Jason Myers missed some kicks, obviously. They, they need him to start making down the stretch because, you know, eventually the game's going to come down to that. But really, other than some missed kicks, they've done just about everything well on special teams. Do you get the, the sense Nick Ballore has played for a, a pretty good amount of time? Like, you know, see, he's – what is he in his, like, 10th, 11th year think, right now? I think 11. Off yeah. my head, I think 11. Yeah, I mean, he's still playing at a really high level, and it's amazing. When you watch him play linebacker in the preseason, I mean, I think he's a good linebacker, um, you know, and it, he's just kind of coming back into the fold in that way. Does he strike you as a guy that uh, maybe has another couple, three more years? I mean, I would think so. As long as he wants to do it and his body holds up, I mean, he's he's still out there, you know, among the NFL leaders and, and special teams tackles. He, yeah. You know, I think it's – easy to overlook because people don't pay attention to special teams, but there's a big leadership element involved too because, you know, as you know, Dave, a lot of times those guys on special teams, they're young guys, they're the new guys of the team, so when you have a guy who's done it that long who can show these young guys, look, you can make an 11-year career out of this if you take it seriously and do it well, that rubs off on guys, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's been outstanding, and then just the, the versatility that it almost buys you an extra roster spot when you've got a guy who's you know, the fullback when you need a fullback, but he's also when you're backup linebackers. He's just been a great player, and then he's just, obviously, as we're seeing on the social media and everything, he's just so entertaining and he's oh, a yeah. fun guy, too. So. Well, and if he were here right now, I'd say, Nick, ignore the bald spot. <laughs> ignore that. Just keep going, man. It doesn't mean that you're an old man because he, he really – Dave, please don't like say that. He's rejuvenated. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing watching him play. Uh, <laughs> go to him for the latest Seahawks news, Seahawks analysis. Uh, he is awesome. You can hear him every week on the huddle. It is Seahawks.com reporter John Boyle. Make sure you're following his work, Seahawks.com, and at John P. Boyle. John, good talking to you as always. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Great talking to you guys as well. See ya. Thanks, All John. right. Uh, we've got some really exciting player guests. Now, we're going to start with the star of this past win over the Houston Texans. It was running back Rashad Penny, career high in carries, career high in yards, two touchdown game, a fantastic performance. We can't wait to ask him about that next on the huddle. Don't go anywhere. Second down and seven run by Penny left side. Breaks one tackle. First down. He is gone. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, 
Seahawks. Rashad Penny breaks it at the line of scrimmage and takes off for 47 yards. There's a 100-plus day for the Seahawks, 137 yards for just Rashad Penny. What a game, and if you keep doing that, if you keep pounding that line of scrimmage and the defense, one of these is going to break, and Rashad has had two of them break today. That was Seahawks running back Rashad Penny. He's coming off the practice field, going to join us in about 30 seconds, coming off a career high for him, 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. And, guys, I feel it's only fair to mention he also did have one target, one catch, one yard, one receiving yard. I feel like it's very important that I note (laughs) that. So 138 yards from scrimmage, don't get it wrong. And uh, and Rashad Penny uh, is joining us right now. Rashad, how's it going? coming off a great week how do you feel uh, um, I feel I feel great I mean you know just you know just uh just just excited you know happy about being back out there and uh, just putting together an injury-free game and just playing with confidence uh it was probably one of the, the best feelings in the world for me well that's great that's what I want to ask you Rashad because and I'm not sure how you process if you process the game the the way that that I used to but was there a moment in that game? Because that was your best game. Was there a moment like a stiff arm or a move or something that you did that just kind of clicked? That that kind of made you think, okay, I'm I'm gonna have a good day. Did you have? Did you notice any moments like that as the game went on? I mean, uh, I, I take every approach like that to every everything I do in life. You know, you know, besides football, life in general. You know, being a man, mature, just being just growing up so I mean I know what I can do on the football field like I, I, I believe to myself that's no secret um I wasn't really satisfied because hmm. I know what I can do like I've, I've just been I've just been off the field I mean I've like haven't been healthy so I always had confidence in my ability I always knew what I can do uh how to do it it's just about me just being available and showing on the field and doing that at a consistent rate but um man i it was just it was just i was just blessed and thankful just to be back on the field and playing as many snaps as i did i mean you know uh unfortunately my career just been i just been hurt so you know i just a lot of fuel you know and i'm, I'm just excited to be playing football again really you know, Rashad, it's one of those things that is so unique because this is something that has been completely different and new for you. You haven't dealt with that. And so, you know, this has been, you know, somewhat of an ongoing thing. And, you know, you can hear the the frustration about, you know, having to deal with all that and finally feeling like you're healthy and, and ready to go and showing what you really, really can do and what you're really all about how big how big of a transition was that for you? You know, dealing with all that to now being in this position and having this opportunity with four games remaining here in this season? I mean, well, you know, every game is important to us, no matter, you know, what I do or anybody else does. I mean, as long as we win, I think that's the main goal. And uh, we still believe, you know, despite whatever's going on, you know, in this world or whatever's happening, you know, we still got belief and, you know, we still to go out and, you know, just compete at a high level every week. But, um you know that's that's part of the that's part of the game we play. You know, uh, nobody said to me before I've gotten drafted or you know before I became became here like, oh you're gonna have like 
I hope and pray you have an injury, you know, free career. <laughs> you know, it's part of the game we play. You know, we know the consequences that come with it, but it's just all about how we get up and how we react to it. And you know, um, I thought it was kind of hard for me the first time because, like, I've never um, torn anything in my body or had anything to be done, you know, repaired on. So you know, I didn't know that process, or I didn't know. So I, it was tough for me at first. But then again, you know, you got support, you got motivation from uh, teammates, family, you know, et cetera. It, it all works out and it all blends together. And, um, again, I'm thankful and I'm just happy to keep just be able to uh, contribute and play. You're listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Ross. We're talking with running back Rashad Penny coming off a career-high day, 16 carries, 137 yards. Rashad, you had two touchdowns. I know you're on the road, so I don't know if it works quite the same. Were you able to keep both touchdown balls and take them home? <laughs> yeah, my definitely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> good. I was I worried for you. Opportunity. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, okay. Uh, my my turn. <laughs> Your turn. All right. Here, here's an oddball question, Rashad. You're probably tired of uh, answering questions about football. We got Christmas coming up. As a as a kid, what was your favorite Christmas present that you received? That was the most memorable. My favorite. I used to have uh, Hot Wheel cars. I used to have a Hot Wheel collection, yes. and um, you know, I used to have probably over like ten to fifteen uh, like little wheels collection things that come with it, and I used to have like about ten of those full of cars. So I think that was one of my biggest things was Hot Wheels and always getting the tracks and you know trying to race against somebody. I was just so competitive as a kid, so <laughs> I used to like that. <laughs> Even with Hot Wheels, you were out there, I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> exactly. Just rolling them on the ground and, you know, seeing who goes far, the furthest. So <laughs> that used to be fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, my, my five-year-old is into that right now, so uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, Rashad, one of the things that you talked about is your relationship that you have with Chris Carson. And, you know, during some of the struggles and the adversity that you were going through, you know, Chris was there for you, and he was there, you know, super supportive and, and all of that. What has this been? Yeah. What has this process been like as you see now Chris, you know, on the flip side, dealing with his own injury and his own battle? Uh, you know, have you had the opportunity to, you know, flip roles here and, and be there for him? Um, you know, he my, my first day here, I think uh, Chris accepted me right away. I think at, literally after I got drafted, the first message I had was from Chris. And from there, it's like we bonded. Um, definitely with me and him, football is uh, like life is bigger than football. And, um, you know, our, I, I, that's like literally someone, you know, we can, we just have a relationship that like, I think is like pretty cool and pretty tight. And, um, you know, I, I, I try, I, I encourage him as much as I can, as much as he did with me. I mean, um, every day we're, we're texting, I'm checking in, you know, seeing how he's doing, you know, wishing him uh, well with surgery. I know, I know just who he is and how hard he works. I'm, I'm not even phased. He, he's going to be back. And, um, you know, I, I think all the running backs just being there for him, you know, just sitting in a group message and, you know, just sending each other messages, encouraging each other, uplifting. You know, he's an amazing guy. You know, he, he's done the same thing for all of us. Is um, It could be a little toe injury. Pretty sure Chris would be the first one to, you know, just always just give you the right words and, you know, just tell you the right things. And, um I always wish my best to him. You know, he's going to – I think he's going to bounce back, and um, I think he's going to do well. He's going to be the same Chris Carson. So – and it always just been consistent. So he, he he's good, I think. Yeah, that's awesome, the, the special bond that you guys have. Rashad, you know, on to, you know, this week – 
it's a huge matchup, man. This is a big game for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, you guys are trying to take this 1-0 and go every single week and win every single week. But obviously, this one, it, it, there's there's a lot at stake here. How excited are you for this matchup? And, uh, you know, how big of a battle do you really see this one? Uh, just take it week by week. I mean, that, that's been my whole approach since – playing football I mean uh, I never try to hype up anything you know just go out there and just stick to the game plan and execute I mean I think that's the number one thing and then you know just always try just just always going out there just trying to win I mean I I, I believe you know and everybody else in this building believe we we can do what we can we can do what what's the what we can do and that's something that um, going out there to LA and just playing the game and you know just coming back and just doing the right things I, I think we have a chance all right awesome stuff Rashad and uh, Jake uh, asked some great questions but I think purposely tried to extend those so I wouldn't be able to ask you whether or not Rudolph was a top three Christmas song we've been <laughs> fighting about it all day you can reserve your answer you, you, don't, you don't have to tell us now but we'll have to get back to you on that one he is running back Rashad Penny Rashad it's been a pleasure to talk to you have a great game this weekend man uh, thank you. I appreciate it. You too. Thanks, Rashad. What a nice guy. He's so nice. He um, is, man. I like. I love that about him. He's a very thoughtful guy. What makes you think he couldn't have answered the Rudolph question? Well, because we're against the clock zip. here. We're against no. the clock here. But uh, but uh, but I I feel like the answer would be no. I feel it in my bones that he wouldn't agree that with it's you. It's not a top three song. Curtis is going to be staring me down here. Okay, we're gonna listen. We're gonna we're gonna discuss this later uh, when we wrap up the final thoughts for the show. We'll have to get back to it. Uh, we're gonna be joined by wide receiver Penny Hart next. Don't go anywhere. All right, Colin and Audible here on the huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Ross. Penny Hart had to uh, cancel, and what we're going to do is instead take you live to Russell Wilson. He is speaking with reporters. Take a listen. How um, worrisome, I guess, is this whole, whole week been? And does it feel like you're just trying to avoid a landmine every day you get up? I feel like for the past two years we've been trying to avoid uh, okay. everything happening. You know, it's 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 uh, it really, it's been it's um, you know, all all jokes aside, it's a pretty serious matter just in general, as we've been saying for a long time. Everybody's been saying, um, you know, I think the reality of 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 COVID is is, it, um, you know, it, it can affect anybody, you know, and it can impact anybody and everything else, and so. You know, I'm praying for a guy Tyler. Obviously, that he feels better every day, and if you know if anything's going on with him and everything else. So I, I just think that you know anybody who's gone through it, who has faced it, who is going to face it, anybody who's battling with it right now, currently, um, you know, I, I really believe that um, you know hopefully at some point we'll come come out of this on the other end of it, and just praying that they can stay healthy. Have you changed or ramped up any of your own precautions? I've always been taking precautions um, along the along the way. Um, you know, obviously we, we, uh, we test here and then, um, we test at the house and everything else all the time and, and everything else constantly, you know, every day, pretty much at, at our house, you know, people, anybody who comes near or gone anywhere, anything else. So it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's been part of our lifestyle. It's, it's changed our, all of our lives in so many different ways. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I pray that, um, every day that we can get better and try to trying to find better ways to keep each other safe. I think what's super important is that we all wear a mask as much as possible, um, stay away from you know people as much as possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, just knowing that everybody has family members and everybody has loved ones and um, some elderly, some young, some people have asthma, some people 
have, you know, uh, may have had cancer, you know, different circumstances, you know. So everything is, um, you know, our li people's lives are on the line, you know, and so we have to protect everybody as much as possible. When you look at the game from Sunday, how did Rashad look different in his style of running? <clears throat> versus what he's done previous. I, I thought uh, Rashad Penny did an amazing job running the football. I think the first play of the game really set the tone. How he ran the ball, he put his shoulder down. Um, and then shortly after that, I did the same thing again. Uh, I think it was the second or third play after that. I mean, just he set the tone physically. Um, he used his speed and his power, which he has you know, both of those things at a, at a high level. I thought that was very evident. Um, and so uh, I thought he ran the ball extremely well. Did he look more downhill to you than in previous I would say that um, he's always looked downhill, but I think he, he looks super decisive. I think that this moment he's been waiting for to really get back out there and show what he's been doing at practice and really be able to have that opportunity to, to um, shine. And, and he, he did a tremendous job shining the other day. He's, we've got to do it again. You know, that's the thing. You know, every day you step out in the field, get to do it again. And I know he's ready for that challenge and he's looking forward to it. Russ, what's it been like for you watching Tyler Lockett get another thousand-yard season under his belt, and then knowing today that he might not be available for you this weekend, given his yeah. positive? Well, I think for Tyler, um, watching just Tyler um, be so explosive over the years and all the plays he's made, uh, he works at his game every day. I think he's one of the best receivers in the National Football League. Um, I think DK Metcalf is another uh, best receiver in the league, and so I'm fortunate to be able to have two extremely, extremely talented players. But they love the game. You know, they love the game. They spend so much time on it every day, and they're wildly obsessed with the with the process and the game. And so, you know, throwing those two guys, you you, you know, something great's going to happen. And so, uh, with Tyler, um, he's just been making amazing plays for his whole career. I think he's the best toe tapper in the uh, in the league. You know, he's got an amazing ability to do it. And so, I just try to give him a chance and let him do his thing. Conversations with Aaron Donald, not necessarily on the field during a game. But do you have conversations with him outside of game day? Uh, not, not too much. I mean, I, he's so focused. I'm so focused. We're always busy. Um, but when we see each other, you know, if we ever see each other and everything else, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, say hello to each other and everything else. He's such a tremendous player. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Aaron's been able to make, Aaron Don's been able to make so many plays over the years just in, throughout his career. Um, and I think that he's such a factor. He watched the game the other night. He's just a, such a factor in that game. And um, so I think for us um, to be able to neutralize him as much as possible, slow him down, um, he's going to make his plays. You know, as he just you know he just does. He knows how. He's a superstar. He knows how to make his plays here and there. But to be able to um, make sure it's not a major factor is always the key. Tyler Lockett, how's he feeling? Yeah, I spoke to Tyler. Tyler and I talk, you know, talk, called each other earlier today. I've been obviously here busy, you know, with meetings and everything else, but uh, he's feeling pretty good. Do, do, you, do you hold out hope he's going to play, or are you preparing in your mind? I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's potential, but who knows? We'll see. How different has this week um, felt and looked with all the, the – seems like there's an added uh, heightened sense of awareness with everything. How has that looked and felt? Um, I think here, you know, we've done a tremendous job throughout – the, you know, the two years of COVID just being extremely careful. Um, you know, we've been fortunate not to have, you know, really anything along the way, maybe a couple things here or there, but um, we've been really, you know, conscientious of each other, uh, each other's families and just our city and trying to be as, as, as careful as possible. And, and even when, 
you are as you know ultra careful a guy like Tyler you know it's like you know something could happen we never know you know so um, this thing's in the air and um, it's all around us and so we, we have to be very conscientious of washing our hands you know making sure we're wearing our masks you know and pretty much at all times um, and just caring for each other and doing everything that we can possible you know um, you know and that's that's where the vaccine is so important and, and booster shots and all that and you know, and um, if, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to stop it. It just means, you know, if something happens, you know, hopefully it can help us, you know, uh, heal better and, and feel better and everything else. Have you got, have you been boosted? Yeah, I've been vaccinated um, both times or whatever, vaccinated. And then I've also been t taking my booster shot as well. If Tyler doesn't play, how big of a loss is that? Anytime you don't have Tyler in there, it's, it's always tough. You know, you always want your guy in there. Um, but we have tremendous receivers, obviously DK, um, such a star, um, you know, and then we have so many other guys that can step in. These guys practice their butts off every day, guys like Penny Hart, guys like Aaron Fuller, Cody Thompson, these guys, you know, D. Eskridge, these guys practice at the highest level every day. Um, Freddie Swain's of the world, you know, and so um, I have all the confidence in the guys that we have. You didn't have him the last game, but what will happen Gerald this time against the Rams? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Gerald Everett is, is, a, is a freak of nature, how he's been able to score and catch the football and make plays for us. You know, we want to be able to get 81 in the football. Obviously, he's really, really talented. I, I love his approach every day. He comes with the right approach. He's relaxed. He's calm. He understands the game. He understands what we want to do, how we want to do it. I thought he had a, a great game, you know, the other day. And obviously, scoring that touchdown was huge for us. And uh, he's just, you know, how to find the end zone. Yesterday, you've got quarterbacks on either side of this matchup that like to throw a deep ball, but they do it very different ways. So you've got the moon ball. Matthew Stafford is a little bit more on the rope. Who taught you to throw that? Like, why is that your style of throwing the deep ball? I don't know. I just I think you know. Obviously, Matthew's got such a tremendous ability to throw the ball. Um, you know, put it where he needs to put it. He's having a great year. I think for you know, and I've always loved watching him. Um, I think we have a lot of respect for each other and. Uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of respect for Matthew, Matthew Stafford outside of the game. You know, him and his wife and just all the things they've gone through. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, when I go to Seattle Children's Hospital, I think about the families and people. And I think about even Matthew's family and, and uh, his wife and just what she's been through. Uh, he's resilient. You know, you can tell he's a resilient guy. And so uh, that's what I respect about him and his game. Uh, in terms of the deep ball, you know, um, you know, I think that... Uh, he throws it with the best of them, obviously, and, and uh, we both obviously can put it where we need to uh, when it comes to that. And uh, um, he's, he's extremely talented. I, lo I love watching him play. All right, the offense and the offensive line is going to have a big test against the Rams this Sunday. So let's go to an expert to ask him about it. We're going in the trenches with Ray Roberts next. This is the huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. We are in hour two now of a two-hour preview show for the Seahawks' upcoming game against the L.A. Rams. This one is going to be on the road. Seahawks are going to head back home after this, but first got to get this win against an NFC West opponent. So we are going to go in the trenches with Ray Roberts, just as we do every single Thursday on the huddle. So we're going to start, obviously, with an offensive focus. It'll be a big challenge against the Rams. Ray, uh, tell me what we need to know. Let's start with this Rams defensive line and the challenge the Seahawks will have. Well, in the past, even when the Seahawks were, had a you know good offensive line and they're rocking and rolling, uh, the Rams' defensive line has always given them problems. And I think a lot of it, obviously, you have Aaron Donald in the middle, who's just a beast. Uh, but also, they've always had like a very athletic offensive uh, defensive line. And so they move around. They don't stand in one spot. They slant. They run games, all those different kinds of things. And so I think that has created challenges 
for the Seahawks offensive line uh, over the years, and now they have um, um, to the guy's name so Von Miller from Denver, the Von Miller, and then Floyd. Uh, I think last year he had twelve sacks against the Hawks or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, so he, that's going to be something to deal with. So. I, I like the energy that they had coming off the Texas game, but obviously this defensive line is a different beast to deal with. Well, they also got that Greg Gaines guy, and I was talking to DeMarco Farr down there, uh, Ray, who does their sidelines, and he said that guy's playing really well too. So, I mean, it, I don't know. Is there a is there a defensive line that has more talent? Because they have it both inside that Sebastian Day is a pretty good player. I don't think he's going to be mm-hmm. playing because of COVID, but they, they've got inside and outside uh, the edge rusher, rushers, if you, as you mentioned. And then Von Miller, he hasn't even gotten a sack yet as a Ram. So, <laughs> yeah, it just, it just seems like yeah. uh, they just keep coming. Well, first of all, great to hear you back, Big Dave, and uh, hey, thanks, hope buddy. you're feeling better. And uh, great. great to hear you back on on the on the air and everything. So, yeah. uh, glad thanks, you got man. through all of that. But the the one thing I like about the Rams' defensive line is that uh, everyone kind of knows what their role is. Like a lot of times, you have defensive defensive uh, units that have a bunch of talent, but everybody wants to be the guy. And so then they tend to try to do more than what they've been asked to do. And it can kind of mess things up. Uh, but the Rams, they all seem to be locked in. To, they know that Aaron Donald is the alpha male and he's going to, you know, they're going to try to get him free more than more times than not. Uh, but with all those other pieces, it makes it really hard for you to then say, okay, we're just going to double team Aaron Donald every single play because especially with the Seahawks offensive line, there's there's chances for a guy like Leonard Floyd to get loose or a guy for like Von Miller to get loose. So it's going to be really interesting how they pick and choose when they double uh, Aaron Donald and when they you know take their chances at manning him up so that maybe they can help or take advantage of, of, of other places. Ray, you bring up a great point from that aspect of the defensive line and how – you know, fluid it is across the board. Aaron Donald could play defensive end at one point. He could play, you know, uh, three technique, one technique, uh, y- y- just all over the place. And that makes your protection plan extremely difficult. So, Ray, the easy answer is to say, hey, run the football. Run the football, muck it up. That's what you got to do, right? But it, from a very simplistic point of view, in your, in your watching of – you know, the line of scrimmage, because I think that's exactly where this game's going to be won and lost. How do you go about it? I mean, is it just simply we're going to line up and try to bully you? Is there a certain way, a certain <laughs> scheme that it seems to be more favorable? I mean, it's just it, 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 there's so much more than just saying, well, you got to run the football. I think Ray's going to go with bully. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, man, I need to like have Jake as like my daily like inspiration coach. Because every time I get on this call and you start talking offensive line, Jake, I want to run through the freaking window. Like, it's like <laughs> as, soon, it's, it's, as soon as you said the answer is run the ball and like bully, like as soon as bully came up, I'm like, yeah, that's what we should do. <laughs> but, uh, but in the times when Seattle has had some success against this defense, it's when they have run the ball. And the one thing I, the one thing I watched uh, last week, and you can say like, well, obviously the the Texas defensive line is not the Rams defensive line, but the mindset that I saw. And I think the the thing that's crazy is that after the first couple runs, when I think when the offensive line realized how committed Rashad Penny was to running the football, 
it changed their mindset of how they wanted to mm. uh, give him opportunities to run the football. So there was more grind. There was more strain. There was more finish. There was more want to. There was more will. There was more, like like you said, just mucking it up. And it wasn't pretty every time. But everybody was working extra hard to give this dude a chance to run the ball. The tight ends were doing that. Uh, D. Eskridge had two great blocks on both of those touchdown runs. So everybody in the offense was committed to having this dude be successful. And I think they, and, and uh, I think that was a result of Rashad Penny not avoiding hits. And there were the times where he just could run out of bounds or get down or whatever he did that. But when it was appropriate for him to take, you know, to, to get behind his pads and run through people, he did that too. And that's not what you've seen a lot in Rashad Penny since he's been here. So yeah. as he felt comfortable being who Rashad Penny was, it allowed the offense to be like, you know what? Like we're gonna we're gonna let it all hang loose for this, mm-hmm. and so I think that's what it has to be for the Rams. I think you're gonna have to take the good with the bad, but stay committed to uh, running the football. Uh, it may not be pretty every time, every block. Like Jake uh, Curran, like not everything he did was beautiful. Like sometimes I'm thinking, like I don't know yeah. how you actually actually did that, but yes. you did it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so I it has definitely. To, it, it has to be that way. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And, and so my next question, Ray, is I, I definitely saw Rashad Penny be more aggressive in his running style in certain situations, and, and I definitely get what you're saying in terms of picking and choosing. I think this is a big challenge for Rashad Penny. We know the home run hitter, the type of running back that he can be. He hasn't necessarily proven that he can be consistent in terms of getting the ugly yards, the yards after contact. Right. Do you think he can do that? I think he can. I think if he can, if he's playing without fear of being injured, I think that he will run hard when it's when it's time for him to run hard and try to get those extra yardage. And then those times where he's going to be a little lighter on his feet and and wait for a block to develop so he can maybe get a bigger home run hit. I think he'll do that because that's what I saw. Like even if you if you watch the replay when he scored his first touchdown, I think he was surprised. Like I think he got into the end. Like that's why he, he couldn't figure out what to celebrate. It was just like, oh, did I fight? Should I should I flex on him? Should I do some kind of dance? Should I should I jump in the stands? Like you can just tell he was like, oh crap, I made it. You know, and uh, and so but after that. His confidence grew, and the the offensive line's confidence grew, and they just they all have to be committed to saying, you know what, they're, you're playing against Aaron Donald, one of the best to ever play the game. He's going to make his plays, but you can't allow his playmaking or his one or two or three plays he makes to um, to uh, diminish your will to make this thing work. And so I think that's what they have to do. Hey, uh, I'm curious what you think uh, a bit about the depth that the offensive line has right now. They could be playing without Brandon Shell. He's going to be kind of a wait and see this week in all likelihood. So uh, curious, Ray, to know what you think about their depth, specifically at tackle, but just along the line right now. Well, I mean, it's it's really thin. I think Jake, you know, obviously is out there doing the best he can. Sometimes you're going to lose some stuff in uh, pass protection. I don't know that he's like uh, – the most athletic dude to be over there against a guy like a Von Miller or a Floyd. So they're going to have to do things to help that way. Uh, and then with the guard positions, uh, hopefully those guys can, can stay healthy because when you have to then move a, the tackle in the guard and put Forsyth out at tackle who doesn't have a whole lot of reps, I think then you really, really do uh, start to decline along the offensive line. So I think, you know, Jake is a good utility guy to work with, not, temp- not because he has all the skill set. But the dude is just—he's just like a, a lunch pail dude. Like he's—he's he's a guy, you know. If you're going to get in a foxhole and have to fight your way out, he seems like a dude that you want to have in a foxhole, and that's always a good thing. 
Hey, Ray, you know, one of the things I've uh, been saying about Penny, I think I said it to him a couple of years ago that I, I wish he would run people over more. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I, he's not going to listen to me, but um, but for you as an offensive lineman, did you did you ever have a, an, an experience with like with a running back where you're like, hey, dude, this is what you need to do, man. This is where you're at your best. Have you ever kind of kind of coached running backs up? Did you did you ever uh, you know? Because I, I feel like you know everybody loves encouragement. Yeah, well, I mean, when I played here, and you know, we had Chris Warren, and Chris Chris Warren was six two and two hundred thirty something pounds, but he was more of a, a glider of a runner, more of a kind of bounce it to the outside type dude. But I had known Chris since college because he played uh one year with me at virginia before he transferred to a smaller school uh and so i've known i had known chris for a while so i had a different relationship with him and so you know there were times i'm like chris like man like we like you ran out of bounds with like one yard before the yard marker man go get that first down you know like things like that get your pass down now when i got to detroit they had this dude named barry sanders yeah you probably didn't tell him much (laughs) (laughs) just some tips barry <laughs> you you would have this thought in your brain, and then you'd look down and and just send a number twenty. You go like, yeah, I'm gonna keep that one to myself. And, uh, and, uh... <laughs> Ray was telling him, hey man, you got it all wrong with this juking people. That's no good. You got to put your head down and run through them. Like, right? How is that serving you, Barry? Like nothing's happening. Like you're not gaining a you know, yeah. two thousand yards in this season by juking people. So like, yeah, but he he was he was not the guy to take that to. You know what I'm saying? So. Nope. Uh, but yeah, like, and with Chris Warren, it was different just because my relationship with him was different, uh, yeah. and I had known him for a long, long time, even before I came here. Uh, so it was easier to have that conversation. But with Barry, nah, you ain't, you're not having yeah. that conversation with <laughs> Barry. Right, like, he, he might look at you like you're crazy. Good stuff, yeah. as always, from Ray Roberts. We go in the trenches with Ray every single week on the huddle. You can also hear Ray on the Seahawks pre and post game show this Sunday. Have a good weekend. Damn, you guys too. Thanks, Ray. Big dog. All right. The voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, joins us next. This is The Huddle. Don't go anywhere. This is The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Jay Keeps, and Stacey Rost. We are joined now by the voice of the Seahawks himself, Steve Rabel. Rabes, last week you got to catch a break. No Wyman. This week, unfortunately, he's back. So it's not just me, you, and Jake. I know, I know. It was going to be the dynamic trio, but Dave's back now. Well, I, you know, I... I, I will admit that it was it was lovely seeing his fresh face oh, today good. Uh, as we did our work this morning, did our taping, and it will be lovely to see him in the booth. Wait, Rabes, are you telling me that you, you missed him? Are you telling me you missed I, Dave? I, I didn't go that far. I just said it was lovely to see him this time. I don't know, Rabes. I think you missed Dave. I, I might have a little spot in my in my dark a cold heart for for Dave. Right? Well, I'll say this: he would not stop texting me. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, okay, enough, Steve. Like more than my wife. <laughs> uh, oh. Hey, Rabel. Uh, yes. We were um, obviously we've already been talking about the win over the Texans, uh, but we're looking ahead to the Rams. It seems like the Rams have always had uh, the upper hand against the Seahawks. Now the Seahawks have gotten a few wins against Sean McVay, but uh, normally they've kind of had their number. What's been the key in the times that they have won? The well, Stacy, when you go back to 1976, <laughs> let me no. Uh, you know the the key for the Rams is is uh, their. In, in my estimation, they put you in positions where they, they force you 
to make plays sometimes or, or do some things that you don't want to do. And, and quite frankly, in this situation, it's they do, do enough to stop the run, or at least they have, and they force you into throwing the ball, and that forces you into the teeth of their defense. That's when they are at their toughest, when they're rushing uh, the passer. Now, you know, they've, they've found a way to, to operate offensively with kind of different, a little bit different schemes and different players, but they, they still seem to be able to, to move the ball. The, the real key, I think, for the Seahawks is to keep Stafford and those guys on the sidelines as much as possible, which means your defense uh, has got to go out there and make plays, uh, shut down that run, and then find a way to uh, get off the field so that your offense can, can get on. I mean, it's, it's kind of football 101, but this is one of those teams that they've got so many good players in so many spots, it's tough to pick just one. Yeah, and and Rabe's. I mean, it's it's unbelievable when you look at like Cooper Cup. I mean, oh. if I could take one guy out of this lineup, I mean, would it be Aaron Donald? Would it, or would it be Cooper Cup? Would it be? Do you think Stafford has been like the huge difference that's been on, on offense? I mean, where do you go with a team like this well, if well, uh, if you could take one guy away? Yeah, I mean, they they went to the Super Bowl with Goff at quarterback for crying out loud. That's amazing. But they had Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup uh, doing their thing, along with a whole bunch of other players as well, really good uh, really good athletes. I don't know which one that you, you'd want to take out. I, you know, as a receiver, I'd like to think that, oh, they can't win a game without Cooper Cup. Um, but they've lost Robert Woods, uh, and all they did now was throw a little more to Cup, and Woods was kind of the go-to guy for the last couple of years. I, you know me, I, I can't get done talking about Robert Woods. Uh, I'm glad he's not playing, but I love to see that guy play. Yeah. But but Cup is really something special. And and so, you know, we talked about it when we taped our program today. And, and you know, the Seahawks, you, you can't, if you're Ken Norton Jr., and you know this, Dave, you can't just rely on one defense. You really have to mix things up. You can't give th- those guys on offense a Stafford, a quarterback like Stafford who's got the experience to kind of get a read on you and figure out, okay, here's what they do. They're, they're going to do this all day, and this is what we're going to do. No, but you, I think, have to mix in in some places. You got to get up in a in, in a guy like uh, Cooper Cup's grill. You got to get up there and manhandle him a little bit. He's bigger than he looks. He's six two. I mean, he's in that way. He's you know he's Largent esque, hands wise and route wise, uh, but bigger. So uh, he's a he's a tough guy to deal with. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, Aaron Donald. You just you pray for him to go take a water break or something. Although. <laughs> Running right at him, again, we've talked about it many times, seems to be the the best offense against that defense. You know, Raves, it was awesome to watch Rashad Penny, you know, do his thing against the Houston Texans. This is going to be an entirely different animal going up against the Rams. What do you expect the result is going to be? Do you think he's going to have a a, a successful game, or do you think this is going to be more similar to what the game was like against the 49ers a couple weeks ago? Well, I, I tend to think maybe the 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 former, the the or, or the latter. I mean, the the 49ers uh, contest. I, I I just think, obviously, uh, the Rams have some better athletes. First of all, on the defensive front, um, they're they're they play they seem to play together as a group really well. They revolve around number 99 obviously but Leonard Floyd on the outside even though they list him as an outside linebacker might as well be a stand-up defensive end because he comes two-thirds of the time he rushes he's he's long he's lean he's he's got those big hands to get up there and knock passes down um I I you know I I think that that they're just in that way they're they're 
it's going to be a much diff- more difficult test for the Seahawks uh, than it was against the 49ers. That said, you know, this is a Seahawks team that has beaten the Rams uh, in the past. So it, it, it sort of depends. I think it's going to come down to oftentimes what it comes down to in most games. How's the offensive line doing? Are they going to be able to open some holes? And can can Rashad, if there's not a big hole there, can he find a little bit of a crease that he can make some positive yards? And the more of those kind of things you can do and keep beating on that defensive front, I think the, the better your opportunities to then pop some big plays, both a run on the run side and throwing over the top. Hey, Steve, Tyler Lockett coming off a phenomenal game. I know he's on uh, the reserve COVID list, so entered protocol. We'll see whether or not he can play uh, this weekend. But just overall, what's he meant to this to this team? Oh, I don't. I don't think you can. You can't put a number on it. I don't mm. think, Stacy. I, I. I just think he's he's a, such a great pro. I, I know I sound like probably Pete here talking, but. I think I would also echo half of the coaches or three-quarters of the coaches in the National Football League who who have watched Tyler. They see him on film. They see how he handles his business. Uh, he is he is such a pro. He is such a uh, a terrific, just from a standpoint of a, a the physical standpoint of a receiver, he is, uh, I think Pete has used the word graceful. He is that. He is tough, way tougher than a lot of guys at that position because he takes some serious shots. And he gets back up off the ground. His hands, obviously, are terrific. He's a great route runner. He's faster than he looks, and he is really fast. Uh, so that, that gives you a sense of just trying to cover him. You think you got him covered, and all of a sudden, he kicks it into another gear and gets past you. And and this is something, too. This This was kind of new to me in the last generation of receivers. Back in the day, we didn't kind of run two or three different speeds on routes. You had to get to a point. And, Jake, you know this, you had to put your foot in the ground and look back to the quarterback, come back to him on a comeback route, bend it back to him on an out route. Uh, Now, you know, you come off the line at maybe three-quarters speed, and then you cut it to full speed until you get to your break, and then you come back to half speed. I mean, how do these guys do this? I don't understand it, but whatever it is, Tyler can do it, and he's amazing. All right, he is the voice of the Seahawks. Steve Rabel will obviously be on the call this weekend. Rabes, good talking to you, as always, every single week on the huddle. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate it. The rest of you guys, too. <laughs> See you, Ray. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys, we're stepping across enemy lines. I've seen so many questions about what it means with so many Rams players also in COVID protocol, who's going to be available, and maybe more importantly, what weaknesses, if any, are there for the Seahawks team to exploit when they face L.A.? Well, I can think of no better person to ask. We're going to ask Rams play-by-play announcer J.B. Long next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. We are stepping across enemy lines. Joined now by Rams play-by-play announcer J.B. Long. J.B., how's it going? Stacey, Dave, Jake, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I wish I had a better answer to that question, but quite honestly, it's not going great, and I know we're living it on both ends. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, the Rams have been hit pretty hard this week. I mean, what's the latest you can tell us about the status of some of those um, bigger names on the COVID list? Uh, I've got absolutely nothing, unfortunately. <laughs> no yeah. worries. Well, it's 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 really tough, uh, you know. And the Seahawks have actually been able to do a pretty good job, but man, it's uh, 
And it sounds like, I mean, and it's kind of by by chance, right, JB? I mean, look, I, I'm sure you guys are following all the same protocols and everything uh, down there, and they've probably been pretty dedicated, you know, dedicated about it. I, I don't think it necessarily indicates anything other than that. It's just that um, this thing is just it kind of takes off and has a mind of its own. Yeah, we're seeing that across the NFL and sports and society, aren't we? Uh, I've been following some of the NBA stories as well, and uh, I'm reading up as we speak almost about the league kind of revising its policies to hopefully get some asymptomatic players who are testing negative back on the field sooner, whether that has any bearing on this weekend's contest with the uh, Seahawks and the Rams personnel. That remains to be seen, but at this point, I'm just fingers crossed hoping that we're all going to be able to play that game and be a part of it on Sunday. Mm. JB, one of the things that's been really, uh, talking on a lighter note here, uh, that I've really enjoyed watching is the evolution of Van Jefferson. Uh, Last year as a rookie, uh, you could see that it just wasn't necessarily coming together in terms of just, I don't know if it was playbook stuff or, you know, the confidence overall just not getting targeted. But this year, midway through the season, he's really come alive since Robert Woods has gone down. Uh, how, How fun has it been for you guys to watch his development really grow? Yeah, I I think back to the draft time and one of the Rams personnel individuals told me that if you were to kind of look at a mirror image of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods standing together in front of a mirror, that would be Van Jefferson. I'm (laughs) struggling still to this day to try and visualize that, but I I get the sentiment, right, that he was a very nice compilation of the skill set that the Rams already had in-house. And sometimes it has just been a matter of opportunity for Van uh, to put more of that on display. Now, it hasn't all been perfect. I think for a sure-handed, solid route-running receiver with um, some pedigree in the NFL, his father is a great receivers coach. You know, even had some time with Matthew Stafford and Megatron going back to Detroit. He's had some untimely drops. And uh, what's been cool to see with some of the behind-the-scenes mic'd-up moments is that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay have maintain their total confidence in him and continue to dial things up for him. And he's almost universally capitalized on those second opportunities within games. Hey, JB, the Seahawks are on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason, and it feels like they've kind of been that way when it comes to the Rams with Sean McVay kind of having the upper hand. But uh, I'm just going to ask, because I know that some Seahawks fans are wondering, is there an Achilles heel for this Rams team this year? Yeah, I mean, when, when Matthew Stafford throws touchdowns to the other team, they haven't been pretty good. I mean, I, I hate to make it this cut and dry because I know it's not very nuanced, but, you know, they're winless when they lose the turnover battle and they're undefeated when they match it or, or exceed it. So uh, it was a rough November, three games and a bye, uh, all added up to a calendar month without a victory. And Matthew had multiple turnovers in all of those games, and the defense, the opposing defense scored in all of those games. Now, those are some really good teams mixed in there. Uh, Tennessee, San Francisco, and Green Bay all figure to be playoff teams as it stands currently. Um, but apart from that, I still think the secret is, is to squeeze the opportunities that McVay and Matthew Stafford have. Even going back to Jared Goff's tenure, when the, when the game gets short, when the play count gets short, time of possession gets tilted um, against the Rams, they tend to come out of their balance their run past marriage and get a little bit one-sided. And that's typically when they fall victim um, to good opponents of which despite Seattle's record, I certainly think the Seahawks are still capable of. 
JB, tell us about Von Miller's year so far as a Ram. And now I see he's got some tackles for losses. He's got 61 snaps. Um, is he getting closer and closer back to being Von Miller's? It's kind of a just an adjustment period for him. It's almost shocking if he goes more than three or four games without a sack. Right. Well, the problem he's having right now is can he beat Aaron Donald to the quarterback? Like I think he's had some pretty yeah. good rushes, but uh, when you yeah. have a future Hall of Famer in the middle, uh, you know, defeating his block and getting the quarterback in, in a second flat, I think it's tough to claim some of those. He actually had a golden opportunity for a walk-off sack on Monday Night Football, and there was kind of like a disjoint start to the Cardinals' final play. I think he and Kyler Murray both were expecting that play to be blown dead. It wasn't. So he gifted that sack eventually to Aaron Donald, his third of the game. But No, I think uh, what got overlooked in that trade, and maybe throughout Vaughn's career because he's such a prolific pass rusher, is how athletic he is and physical he's playing the run. And I think with Leonard Floyd opposite on the other edge, you look at what the Rams have done since he arrived, stuffing the run, especially on early downs. I think he's played a large hand in that, and certainly his reputation has allowed a few others to seize, including more one-on-one opportunities for Donald. JB, how big was this game against the Cardinals? I mean, we know, hey, it was a big matchup, your opportunity to continue to keep yourself in it for the NFC West, but you mentioned that three-game losing streak that they had before winning against the Jags. Was there a feeling like, oh, man, there's an uneasiness about where they're currently at as a team, or did you feel like this this team kept believing and they kept believing in what they're doing and what they're building? No, that's a great question. In terms of what implications it has for seeding, that will be, you know, a product of the next month. The odds are still kind of stacked against the Rams overtaking the Cardinals. Um, so it may not alter anything in terms of, you know, they were the five seed before their losing streak. They were the five seed after their losing streak, five seed before Monday night football, five seed today. But I think what it proves to them is one, if they have to go back to Arizona, they're more than capable of continuing to have a little bit of ownage on that team. Uh, secondly, if we are entering a season where, week-to-week fluctuations in personnel disrupt December, January, and beyond in the NFL, they're capable of winning shorthanded, something they've done each of the last two weeks. But perhaps most importantly, I think it got Matthew Stafford right. And what I mean by that is he kind of had this cloud hanging over his season and his career, as you guys know. At first, the narrative was he can't win in prime time, and then he beat the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. Then it became, well, he's great at beating up you know, the, the middle-of-the-road teams and punching down, but he doesn't rise up and knock off contenders. Well, now he's got wins over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what was, you know, the team with the best record in the National Football League. So hopefully that's behind him and that those kind of negative statistics are attributed more to his circumstances in Detroit and that he's back to playing free and confidently and most importantly with some health um, because now that they've got OBJ ramped up, I, I think, all the tools are there for him and McVay to go score 30, 35 points a game the rest of the way. Hey, JB, I talked to uh, DeMarco Farr yesterday on, on our show uh, oh, in the afternoon. Yeah, and, you know, I, I always like asking about somebody who is underrated and, you know, maybe – uh, someone that, that he's not a, a main line guy, but, you know, somebody that's playing well. And he said Greg Gaines, uh, actually. Oh, yeah. and I'd, I'd ask you the, the same question. Is it, is it Greg Gaines for you, too? Oh, lo and behold, DeMarco picks a Husky, right? And that was, yes, of course. I like that. I would have had a, <laughs> had a five spot on that. Um, no, he's 100% right. I think the Rams have a good claim to having the best defensive interior in football between Donald Gaines and Ashawn Robinson. He's playing his best football as a Ram as well. Uh, where else could I go apart and aside from Greg Gaines, who's certainly high up there? I think Ernest Jones, 
uh, at yeah. off-ball linebacker playing rookie. now in a three-down capacity. Yeah, a rookie, um, someone they see kind of like the Darius Leonard mold with some upside would be someone different for the Seahawks. Uh, he was not part of their defensive game plan the last time we spoke earlier in the season. You know, I think Jordan Fuller on the back end, you know, given the fact that the Rams are replacing John Johnson, who was great for them for so many years, now in his second season, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks into some Pro Bowl conversation before the year is out. I think he's been outstanding. Um, and then right now, to be truthful, it's Sony Michelle. Like, mm. if you can if you can be more impactful getting three or four yards per carry like he is right now, I'd be hard-pressed to find it because he's a professional chain mover. And ever since they, by necessity, committed to him as their lead back, I think the whole style in terms of personnel packages, multiplicity, it's, it's all kind of come back to the under center play action game. Um, but now they're doing it in more of a downhill between the tackles fashion as opposed to the standard Todd Gurley, you know, Daryl Henderson outside zone basis. He is Rams play-by-play announcer J.B. Long. J.B., we know it's been a chaotic week, a busy week out there, so we really appreciate you taking the time. In the words of my uh, basketball colleague, Bill Walton, stay positive, test negative, everyone. Have a good weekend. All right, we are going to wrap the huddle up with our final thoughts for this game between the Seahawks and Rams. It's coming your way next. This is the huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Keeps, and Stacey Rost. It has been a two-hour preview of the Seahawks' upcoming game against the Rams. Guys, we're going to end with our final thoughts, and here's what I want to look at. I want to look at a challenge versus the Rams and an opportunity versus the Rams. So, Dave, pick your poison. Pick one of those, and we'll start there. Oh, okay, one challenge, one opportunity? Yeah. Okay, the challenge is going to be blocking Aaron Donald. I think everybody... <laughs> no, that's not going to be a challenge. <laughs> I think it'll well, be easy. I'll tell you what, you know, I'm leaving Cooper Cup out there. I'm leaving Cooper Cup because that guy is ridiculous. And, you know, you look at his... Um, he just... He, he's not like this speed burner or anything like that, but just an amazing route runner. Mm-hmm. So, But still, it's Aaron Donald. You know, he was just named for the eighth time in his career NFC Player of the Week. Jeez. So it, it's just <laughs> incredible what he has gotten done on the inside. And, you know, and I think Damian Lewis, Ethan Posick, Gabe Jackson, those guys have been kind of iffy. So, I mean, if they are able to, to come up with a, a good plan. You know who blocked him really well? This is a few years ago. DJ Fluker? But, it was uh, Jamarco Jones. Whoa! Marco Jones had a really good game against him, and he came in, you know, and, and was subbing, and I think he, he was playing tackle. Uh, but anyway, that's that's going to be the uh, the challenge. The opportunity for me is Rashad Penny. I can't wait to watch him play. I think this is a very important game for him, and uh, and I'm going to be pulling for him, man. I just I love that guy. He just he he's very uh, sort of aware and. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I like, I like his personality. I think it's going to click for him and I want something really good for him mm. to happen because he had such great success in college. He should have a good career. He really should. And it's just not worked out that way so far. Okay. So interesting. Your opportunity is my challenge actually, because I think the challenge is JB long was on with us and talked about has since the addition of Von Miller to that defensive line. And it, look, he's been you watch the film, he hasn't gotten a sack, but he's still generating significant pressure. So it's not that he is an ineffective pass rusher, but he's actually been 
better than what people are giving credit for in, in terms of helping that defensive line become more dominant against the run game. And so my challenge is, can this offensive line, can Rashad Penny not replicate the exact performance that they had against the Houston Texans, but can they have an effective run game when the Rams, I think, it's not going to be a mystery as to what the Seahawks want to do in this matchup. So that, to me, is going to be the challenge. I'm, as Like Dave said, I'm pulling for Rashad Penny, rooting for him, want to see that. But I think this is going to be an incredible challenge that's going to be a different type of running game that uh, Rashad Penny has not proven that he is that hard yardage uh, gainer in, in the league. My, my opportunity here that I will point to is the defense. The opportunity here is to show that your stats that you keep rattling off, your, your points per game, your, your red zone scoring, your uh, third down defense, that it's going to show up when it matters most. And it's going to be in this type of matchup against the Rams, against Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the rest of this crew. That's the opportunity that's there for this defense. And I want to see them prove that and for those things to come to life because this is going to be a very difficult challenge. And Dave, you talk about yards matter. Well, I, I think that they're going to press that issue and see if the Seahawks defense can really hold up as the Rams continue to drive you know, down the field and, and them come up with the stops when they need it. All right, good stuff from both of you. I, I went with the the challenge. I got to go with Dave on this one. It was between Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. I went with Aaron Donald in this one, not just because he is the best defensive lineman in football, but also because the Seahawks offensive line dealing with a couple injuries there. We talked to Ray Roberts, who mentioned them really struggling with depth right now because even backups have been struggling with injuries. It will be a challenge. Is it doable? Yeah, we've seen it done before, but it'll it'll easily be the biggest issue they face that day. He can be a nightmare. For an opportunity, bad Matthew Stafford. Bad Matthew Stafford can be very bad. Now, good Matthew Stafford is great. We saw a 52-yard pass to Van Jefferson for a touchdown, and 50 of those were air yards last week, or excuse me, this week, Monday, against the Cardinals. A fantastic game. Matthew Stafford, when he's on it, best one of the best arms in football. Bad Matthew Stafford is the Stafford that showed up in a stretch of three losses against Tennessee, San Francisco, and Green Bay. Had five interceptions during that yeah. time to just uh, four touchdowns. And uh, and he also had some some issues with, uh, I believe, a fumble against Green Bay. So, again, it's, it's, uh, it's a flip of the coin opportunity. You don't know if that's the version you're going to get. But what I'm really hoping is it's the version, not just that the Seahawks get, but maybe Quandre Diggs. Maybe Quandre Diggs gets a chance against Bad Matthew Stafford. I, I would love that. And first of all, you are wise with your first selection, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> heavy you eye so. roll from me, Dave. You can't see me right uh, now, but heavy yeah. eye roll. Hey, if anybody's eye rolling, it's me rolling my eyes at you because of <laughs> that guy, J.B. Long, saying, oh, that was an amazing question, Jake. Come on. No, it wasn't. <laughs> what are you Jake talking about? Jake was on cloud just... nine after that, Wyman. He was, so, uh, he was bragging during it's another the break. Tally, so it's another tally on the board. And, you know, when you're just uh, born with that gift, sometimes you got to let it shine. You Jake know, Dave? learned how to make sound cuts today, and now he's just thinking, like, I can do anything in this building. Oh, Ask no. questions, sound, <laughs> oh, anything geez, you need. Dave, own, he's running the show. When you, when you come in, I'll show you how to do it, okay? <laughs> okay. And I, I can, like, uh, make these great promos about myself, about how amazing <laughs> that's a, I am. That's exactly what you can do. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what you can do. Well, uh, Stacey, to your yeah. point really quick, yeah. uh, you look at bad Matthew Stafford, mm -hmm. also sacked nine times in the, that three-game uh, losing streak that you talked about. Um, yeah, get to him. He's no different than any quarterback, right, yeah. Jake? I mean, yes. you get around his feet, you get around, the eyes come down, all of a sudden, I mean, he's made some pretty crazy 
plays. Like the 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 one where he's going down and he throw doesn't he throw like a touchdown or it's like a safety or he has some crazy play against I think it was against the Titans. So I mean he's no different than anybody else. And uh, I actually want to end on that note. That's perfect. We've got about two minutes left here, so let's focus solely on the Seahawks pass rush. We have barely talked about it at all today. Uh, when they've been great, when they've got going, you can see great play from Daryl Taylor. Uh, I'll, I'll start. Uh, I'll actually start with Jake and Dave. I'll end with you if you guys have to look at that pass rush and say what needs to go right, who needs to step up, or who do you want to see step up? Well, this is the, the unique aspect of it because it, stylistically, Ken Orton Jr. and Pete Carroll have decided, hey, Look, early, midway through the season, we've struggled with our pass rush. So you know what? We're going to make sure that we are really, really good against the run, and we're going to put three defensive tackles out there. We're going to transition into more of a bare front, 3-4 type of scheme, and that's really limited your edge rushers. And and, and it's it's been difficult to generate that pass rush, and, and your guys that you came in wanting to uh, be significant pass rushers for you, Carlos Dunlap, Kerry Heider Jr., Benson Mayoa, they are put, being put in different situations where not only are they playing somewhat of a different position, but they're also being asked to drop in coverage more often than not. So it's a unique part of this that uh, is is a little head-scratching from that aspect, but uh, I'll be curious to see how much they roll out their speed package that they generally roll out there on third down, knowing that stylistically the Rams are a little bit different than everyone else and are willing to throw the ball all over the yard on first and second down, not just third down. Yeah, I agree with you with the defensive front. It just it just really ha- hasn't worked. But I'll say this, Al Woods has mm. played really, really well. So, I mean, that's the, the closest uh, direct line to the quarterback. So if you can get that big dog just getting some pressure up the middle, I think Havenstein is out because of the COVID thing. I think yes. he is Yeah, well, on we don't know list. if he's out, out. He is on the yeah. list. Well, yeah, and everybody's kind of up in the air. Yeah. But, you know, if uh, you know if there's uh, something to take advantage of there, I think Big Al has been playing really well. So hopefully he can get some pressure from the inside. All right, this has been The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Ross. Thank you to everyone who joined us today, all of our great guests, including Rashad Penny. He'll be a big focus this weekend in a game against the Rams. Just so you guys know, that game, that Seahawks game, kicks off at 1.25 p.m. in L.A. Make sure you tune in to the Seahawks pregame show that kicks off three hours before and stick around for the postgame show afterwards. Don't go anywhere.